Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Family, family, once again, it's the Get Down Without Hurley Brown. I'm normally your co-host, Kelvin Harris. I'm filling in one more week for Hurley. He uh, he finishes off spring practice this this week. I think tomorrow's the spring game, and he'll be back with us next week. Uh, filling in for Hurley, as I guess my co-host is a guy from my hometown who has a vast knowledge of the subject that we're going to talk about today, and that being the NBA playoffs. Uh, Curtis Kitchen is from Fort Myers as well. He played at the University of South Florida, and then he went on to play with the Seattle Supersonics, who in his first or second year, I believe it was, went to the NBA Western Conference Finals, where they lost to, full disclosure, I'm a Lakers fan, they lost to the Lakers. Hey, I'm sorry, Kurt, man. You you was one of the greatest to come from the crib, but hey, man, I've been a Magic fan since 79, 80. But he played also played nine seasons in the European League, so he has a vast knowledge of the subject today. Kurt, how's it going, man? Fine, fine. How are you doing? I can't complain, man. It's it's nice and sunny here in Florida. Uh, you're in Seattle still. Yep, in Seattle. The weather is not as nice as it is in Florida, but it's nice today. Is it still raining there? Oh, no. We haven't had rain in like a couple of days now. <laughs> so we're getting a little bit of the summer. I've been to Seattle a couple of times, and I actually liked it. Um, I actually went to Vancouver a couple of times when I was playing in the Canadian League, and that wasn't a bad place either. No, the Pacific Northwest is a nice place. That's a nice place to raise a family. Now, you you were with the uh, Seattle Supersonics from 86 to 89, and you were telling me off. Yes, yeah, I played with uh, my rookie year was in 86, and uh, played from uh, 86 to 89. And then after that, I went to play over a year. Now, you guys uh, lost. What, you, know, you, you guys lost me? in six games that year, right? Say that again. You guys lost in six games to the Lakers, or was it? Oh, no. We, we got swept by the Lakers uh, in the 86, 87 season. I mean, we, we was actually underdogs for the playoff. We upset it uh, at the end of Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. We had uh, Michael Wire and, um, and Derek Hopper and James Let me ask you a question uh, now. You, you've been around for a long time. Correct. Looking... We're going to start with the Western Conference. Looking at this Warriors team, how did they compare to that Lakers team that you went up against as a, you know, as a rookie? Um, I, I don't know, man. I was looking at it last night, and I was thinking about it when I was looking at the game. And I just – the Warriors the Warrior team is scary. I mean, it just has so many weapons. And then the role players from the bench, just like the Lakers, though, they everybody had role players that played a part. But, I mean, Durant – it's just a disadvantage to have Durant on your team. I mean, it would be the Lakers and then add Durant on the team. Or, you know, Golden State was already top and you add Durant. I mean, you get a quality player like that on any team near a super team. I mean, Durant's, I mean, he's a different. I don't think they'd be as good without Durant. They'd be good, but not as good as they are now. Well, let me ask you a question. What can the Rockets do to maybe not just win a couple of games, but to win this series? I know this is my opinion. I just, after last night, I don't think the Rockets can do anything. I hate to be biased for, the, uh, for Golden State, but I just think the Rockets played the best they could play uh, last night. I think the big, the big guy could have played better. I mean, if he, had, if he was involved more with the passes and, the, well, you know, Ka- Capella play. didn't really play that much. Yeah, he didn't play as much, but I, I mean, think the game was more of a small ball game, so he, he wasn't able to stay out there. But I think he can play more. They just didn't give him the opportunity. But I don't think the, the Warriors gave – let me say the Houston gave them everything they could last night, and the Warriors just was like a, a final machine. I mean, they just kept coming no matter what. I mean, they was down. They got the lead. I mean, and the, I mean with Durant and Curry and Thompson, I, I don't see nobody beating them. And I'm, I'm a big so, fan because of LeBron, but I just don't see it happening. Well, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic, but I thought the Warriors were going to win to begin with. But after last night, 
and them punching uh, Golden, uh, punching Houston in the mouth at home in the first game, I don't even Correct. know if Houston's going to be able to keep any of these games with, out of double digits because no. Harden played as good as he's, he could play. I mean, Chris Paul didn't show up, but I mean, right. I don't see what... Then the other thing, not to cut you off, but the other thing is that you got one team playing one-on-one ball, and then you got the other team playing yeah. team ball. So you're gonna you're gonna see a whole different, you know, a better team when you play team ball because the Warriors are moving the ball around. They they what? got guys like Swaggy P coming off the bench hitting three pointers, and they got and they they got everybody involved. And then with Houston, you got. Them standing around watching Harden and, and Chris Paul go one on one, and then dish it up at the last second with no time on the clock. Well, I think the problem there is is that they've been getting away with that all year, and that's Mike D'Antoni's specialty. But uh, you know, they brought this up last night on TNT's pregame when uh, Ernie Johnson had Shaq. Uh, you know, Steve, I didn't realize this, but Steve Kerr was the GM when D'Antoni was in Phoenix, and the one thing that he used to get on the guy about was you need to play a little bit more uh, ball, have a little more ball movement, and play a little bit more Correct. defense. Correct. And that's the one thing that he did. Now, the one thing I'll give Daryl Morey is he realized that this guy don't like playing defense, so he went out and hired Jeff Bizdelic to be the defensive coordinator, and I think that's been the difference in this team, but that one-on-one ball is getting them – I don't see how they can win like that. Yeah, yeah. And my, and my thing is even if it – they're working like Harden scored the 40 points and they're playing the one-on-one ball. They don't have any defensive stops. I mean, Durant was unstoppable. Then after Durant cooled off, then you had Thompson that came unstoppable. So it's kind of like, even if you can win with the one-on-one and, and put points up, can you stop them on the other end? No, they couldn't stop them. And I, I just, I mean, the Warriors, I mean, man, if they keep that team together, it just, you know, prevent no injuries. They're going to keep winning. Well, it seemed like to me um, one of the things that I looked at last night is that they played one-on-one ball on the offensive end, but I think the one thing that they weren't used to is the ball movement and player movement by Golden State, and it looked like it tired them out on the defensive end. So the other players just didn't have anything to give on the offensive end because they was plumb tired from running around chasing the Warriors on the other end. Yeah, because you go. Yeah, go. I mean, put so much pressure on you that you're running around and and you got to spend so much uh, energy on defense to keep up with them. And I think the pace was just it was it had a very high pace. And I think I believe Harden got tired. Chris Paul never really got in rhythm. Uh, uh, what's it? Gordon Gordon never got in rhythm. So it was kind of like they got tired and they their bench is not as deep as uh deep as uh. Uh, Golden State bench, and I think Golden State just throws so much at you with Livingston and, and and Young and all the rest of the guys that it just, I mean, that team, you know, and then plus playoffs is different than regular season because playoffs, I mean, that's where everybody lives for the playoffs. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, it just seems like to me that everybody was pointing towards this series, and now we're going to have a dud. Um, because I just, like, you know, we've, we've talked about the last couple of minutes. There really isn't much that the Warriors, uh, that the Rockets can do. I mean, is Chris Paul going to have to play out of his mind as well to even make it close? Yeah, I think Chris Chris got to play better than what he played last night. And Gordon got to play better. but And Capella got to get more playing time. But then I, I just don't see it happening unless Durant has an off game. One of the big three has to have an off game. Like Durant, Curry, one of those, are, and Clay Thompson, one of those are not shooting like as well as they were shooting last night. Then Houston could be in it, but I just don't see that happening with Durant. I mean, you know, playoffs. I mean, I seen them firsthand. I mean, guys, see like some guys step it into another gear. Like they walk through the season, and then when playoffs start, it's just like a whole nother gear. And Golden State right now, is, to me, is clicking on all cylinders, and they're at another level. Well, I personally think that um, Daryl Morey, the GM for the Rockets, set them up to get beat because he'd been talking about they put this team together to beat the uh, the Warriors, and they wanted a piece of the Warriors. And it just seemed like last night they they bit off too much more than they could chew. I mean, 
they well, they played about as good as they could play in the first half. And, yeah. And, and you can't play – you can't beat the Warriors at their own game. That's what the Warriors want to do, run up and down the court. You outscore you. Uh, you know, plus Warriors play defense too. But they, you know, they're more, you know, let's, let's go up and down. They don't want to play half court. And that's what the East is going to have to do to them when they meet them is whoever wins the East is going to have to throw them down and play a half court game. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, that's a great segue, by the way, because we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference Finals because LeBron and his boys got hit in the mouth, too. So they got game two tonight, and I personally think LeBron is going to show up with his with his real game face on. But when we come back, we're going to talk Celtics and Cavs uh, on the get down with Hurley Brown. We'll be back in a few minutes. In a few, yeah, a few minutes, a minute or two. Uh, we got to pay these bills first, though. So we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thunder chickens beware. We're coming for you. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown. And our panel of pros are out for beards. Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Realtree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we're back on the Get Down Without Hurley Brown. I'm your normally your co-host, Kelvin Harris. But for the last couple of weeks, because of spring practice here in Florida, I've uh, I've had to take more shots than I normally take. Uh, sort of like James Harden last night, because he was all by himself. But I've got a special co-host with me, uh, Curtis Kitchen, former member of the Seattle Supersonics, which is now the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, played from '86 to '89 with the Supersonics and experienced. Yeah. A conference final. Now, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference now, Hurley, or, uh, Curtis. Boston, uh-huh. they punched Cleveland in the mouth in that first game. Just like I asked you about Houston, what does Cleveland need to do to, one, even up the series, and two, possibly win the series? Well, I think, um, I mean, I think they'll come more focused tonight. I mean, like LeBron says, uh, you know, if you look at his history, he kind of feels like game one. I, I think it was the wrong time to do it because he should have probably been more making a statement in game one against uh, Boston than coming out and trying to see what defense they was going to bring at him. But I think, he, you know, he'll still another game. Like you said, he's seen most defenses, and so I think they'll make the right adjustment or he'll make the right adjustment, and I think it'll be a totally different game than it was uh, uh, Sunday. And I think that uh, it's a, it's really a must-win for uh, the the Cavs to uh, take control of the series. So, 
and I said this off air, I personally feel sort of like you, that LeBron is going to take this game over. I, I kind of expect a 40-point night tonight, but I expect the others, is what Shaq calls them, the others, right. to come back and play a lot better than they did this last game. He just got no help, and I just think, like you said, he needs to come out in the first quarter and just go guns a-blazing, press the lane, um, and I think I think that will that will put more pressure on Boston because it just seemed like to me Boston was hitting on all cylinders, and they kind of remind me of Golden State in that they have a lot of ball movement. And they played yeah. some really great defense. Yeah, that's, that's true. Cause, uh, they're a young team and they like running, but I think Cleveland need to make Boston play their game. I think, you know, you put Thompson in the lineup, you keep Love in there, and you go big and you make, make them try to stick uh, with you. You know, uh, they did it against Philly. They made Philly play their kind of game and they won at it. And I think they're trying to do the same with uh, the Cavs. But the Cavs were down the whole game, so, you, you know, you can't – about that game, but I think if the Cavs come out and play like they did against Toronto and Indiana and, and make them play their kind of ball, it'll be a different kind of game. I think LeBron definitely need to probably post up more in the mid range and and just take it to the hole. But then they definitely got a double team. So like you said, the others do need to step up, you know, and, and hit those threes and hit those open shots. Well, you know, I find it interesting. Uh, Charles Barkley said something, and he and Shaq have both kind of made uh, statements and brought attention to this, that it seems like every team in the NBA now is trying to uh, basically get rid of the big man. You know, I watch games now, and I can see the full paint. I can see the entire lane. And it's like, you know, sort of like with the Rockets last night, at some point if you're Cleveland, you need to attack the paint because Boston is not that athletic. They're not that big. They play good defense, but there is no rim protector there. So why wouldn't you go down in the paint if you're LeBron or force, force, force their hand by driving to the basket, you know, to get easier buckets? Because there's going to be nice when that three-point shot's not falling. And last night was, or two nights ago was one of them. Why not just go down on the block? Drop step, jump hook, uh, turn around jumper, uh, you know, hit the, you know, a reverse pass to the weak side for the, the open jump shot. I mean, why is that? Why is that so difficult for teams to do now? Well, it, I think it's just the, the evolution of the game, though. Like, uh, you know, three pointer shot has become so important to basketball now that they don't rely on the big man anymore to get the high percentage shot and. Because you gotta look at it if I'm if I'm down ten and and if I shoot three for nine on three pointers or three for ten on three pointers, you know, that's that's nine points compared to me taking it down the court and getting to the big guy and hitting, you know, four or five shots in a row. So they I think now everybody look at like if I can hit the outside shot or I can hit three, we always in the game. And so then that kinda took away from the importance of the big guy, but I still think it, it's there because, like I'm saying, I mean, the high percentage shot is always going to outweigh the three-pointers, but the three-pointers can keep you in the game. But if I go down and I pound on you, I pound on you, and get the ball to the basket like LeBron should be doing, uh, you know, that's going to take a lot of energy from the upper team, too. So I, I think they should take advantage of that because Boston don't have any interior defense, and I think Thompson and Love should dominate more on the inside because they Boston really only has, you know, the big guy Hoffer and that's really it. Well well it's funny because I know I hear a lot of people say that the game has evolved, but I'm gonna take it back to nineteen ninety four, ninety five season when the Houston Rockets won the championship. Mm-hmm. They basically did the same thing teams do now. I mean personally I other than other than the, the Warriors, I just think they did it better. Because if you look at it, they had Kenny Smith Mario Ellie, right. Sam Cassell, and they spread mm-hmm. the floor. Robert Horry, he could shoot threes. He was the stretch four. Right. But the one difference was they had a guy in the low post that you had to make a choice. Do I single single guard him and let him just destroy us down in the low post? 
or do I double him? And then he throws outside back to the weak side where Kenny Smith is just standing there and he guns us down. And mm-hmm. Orlando, Orlando had no answer. Um, the Knicks played it a little better because they had a big right. man that could guard him one-on-one. But I just think if you got a big man in the low post and you surround him with three or four shooters, that makes it even more difficult to defense the team. I mean, the Lakers were the same thing because they had Horry, they had Derek, uh, uh, Derek, uh, 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 the point guard that was the uh, yeah, the, the, the coach, uh, Kobe, Rick Fox, and basically, right. what could you do? You had to either decide I'm gonna let these guys gun us down, or Shaq is gonna destroy us in the low post. And I just think right. that you know, you know, you like. I'll go back to when you were in high school. I remember the team y'all had against Cyprus. I always thought y'all had an advantage because they could always go down to the low post to you. Correct. Correct. Now, now the three-point shot wasn't prevalent back then. No. But, you know, you you know, you know, you can score points on the block. And that's another thing. What happened to big men who were able to score on the block? I mean, it's like none of them can score. Yeah, I mean, they're... Uh, yeah, that's a tough one there because I think that's one of the reasons Thompson and Love, and I think that's why Love even move out to the outside is that they don't, you know, they don't develop that no more. It's kind of like now everybody's a stretch four, stretch three. Uh, they don't look at the high percentage anymore. I think you know players like Carl Malone and and like you're saying Shaq and all those guys. I mean, you know, if you got that inside presence and you get the high percentage point, and then you got the outside. You know, that's like two things you got to deal with. But with Cleveland, uh, I mean, if, if LeBron is not on on the post, they don't have any inside scoring. I mean, Love, I think he's capable of doing it, but he preferred to step outside and shoot a three-pointer. So, um, I don't know. I just think on, on, in that series, though, Cleveland does have, to me, has the advantage to, to win it if they just do the necessary things to, you know, I think their team is better. I think. I mean, you're dealing with a Boston team that has the two star players injured, with Irving and uh, Haywood. Well, the crazy part about it is, let's just say the Celtics do win this series. You went out and you spent equity in getting Kyrie Irving, and you signed Gordon Haywood, and you make the NBA Finals without either one of them in the playoffs. I mean, in in one hand, you're saying the future is bright with the, when these two guys get back. But in the other hand, you're saying maybe we should have held on to the pieces we had and just let Brad. Really? Because, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. I've been patting myself on the back all season because I was on the Jason Tatum train draft night. I couldn't believe they were, they was picking faults over him. And... He made me look good because, you know, with, you, with Miami being in the ACC, I watched mm-hmm. that kid play all year, and I right. just thought, man, he's good. And right. then I only saw Foss a couple of times. Now, you probably had a better view because you yeah. lived in Seattle, so I'm sure you watched yeah, him. Yeah, you dub. So I've I seen Foss play a lot, and and I'm surprised. I, I mean, I think Foss is – they're not uh, – I know I don't think they really told us to the extent that his uh, his injury was during the season because he had to redevelop a shot. He had to, uh, you know, it's kind of like he's learning how to play over again. And I think he was a much better player than that at University of Washington. So uh, I'm I'm really you know surprised and disappointed in this uh, rookie season. But I mean, he showed a different kind of player when he was out here in, uh, at University of Washington. Yeah, and I'm sure you, you know, I know he had problems with his shoulder and he changed his shot, but it's not even close when it comes to the rookie performances of him. Even even Lonzo Ball outplayed him. What, we're going to take a quick yeah. break, pay some bills. When we come back, I'm going to talk scenarios with uh, Curtis. We're going to talk about who gives a better fight against the Warriors in the NBA Finals. I mean, technically, we're making predictions on who's going to be in the NBA Finals, but I'm already succeeding that the Warriors are going to be in the Finals. So now we're going to pick who we think wins out of the Eastern Conference, and we're going to decide if they can give a better performance in showing than what the Rockets are going to probably give us. 
So we go we go take a quick break and when we come back, we gonna uh go go project into the future and hope and hopefully we can, you know, come up with a better scenario for a better series than what we're gonna see now. Cause I just right now I don't really have that much confidence in the Rockets. So sit tight, we'll be right back on the get down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we're back here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Of course, we're in the final week without our fearless leader, Hurley who's out there making the Mustangs great again at Maryland High School. Um, I'm your co-host, Kelvin Harris, from sunny Fort Lauderdale, hanging out at my favorite Panera Bread today. Uh, it's nice and sunny, 86 degrees. And my co-host for today is former NBA player and a hometown hero of mine, Curtis Kitchen. I, I, I got to admit, Kurt, I, that, that year that you and Cypress Lake were going back and forth, uh, that was an exciting year because, you know, the Cypress guys, they um, they used to catch the bus home with us because I went to Cypress Lake Middle. And so I knew all them and I knew most of you guys. And I remember I used to, I snuck out of my house one time to go watch them uh, play you guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, you know, I was a big kid. I played basketball and it just, that just made me fall in love with the game even more. And it's like, we were talking off air in our area. I think those are still the two best teams to ever come through the area. And I mean, it was some great talent and, you know, now it just seems like everything is watered down at the high school level and even somewhere to the college level. And actually it seems like it's trickled down, trickled up all the way to the pro level because you got the warriors and you really got everybody else. And the Rockets were supposed to put up a fight, but, like, last night, to be honest with you, they left the lane more open than a Vegas pro's legs. I mean, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> and I just don't yeah, see them true. putting up a fight. So I'm going out on a limb, and I'm saying the Warriors are making the uh, NBA Finals. Now, on the other side, even though Boston came out and punched Cleveland in the mouth, I just got to be honest with you. It's just tough for me to go against the King. I mean, right. who, uh, who who you got? I, I think I'm being with LeBron. I think I'm gonna have to say that uh, it would uh, it would be Cleveland. I think Cleveland's gonna 
Stewart tonight, and uh, they just got more experience. And I think, I think so. I think it'll be Cleveland, and I'm hoping that it'll be Cleveland for the for us to watch a better NBA final against the Warriors. But uh, I think if Boston win, I just I don't think it it would even be any match against Golden State. No, I think it'll so be I'm a sweep to too. But to be honest with you, if Cleveland win, I'm only gonna give them one more game. I'm giving Boston. I just I think they lose in five because we know LeBron's showing up. Right, right, right. We know but the problem is who else is showing up with him. Right. But you know, they have too much power power. I mean you can you gotta play the game though. You can't just say, Okay, they're gonna win it, but I just think it'll be a, for the East it'll be better to have because they could have, you know, a game where Love might step up or Thompson and then uh LeBron compared to Boston, I just don't see them I don't see them having the defense or even the firepower to keep up with those guys. Well, you know, we, we, we count Boston out against the Warriors, but we've been counting Boston out this whole playoff series because I got to be honest with you. I haven't bet with them yet. I thought it was going to lose in the first round. They proved me wrong. I thought the right. Sixers had too much star power. They proved me wrong again. And now they're playing up against the King, and they come out in the first game and they put them army boots right in their throat. So I don't, you know, I know we yeah, bet against I mean, them, but. The good thing about Boston, I mean, they're, they're a well-coached team. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I think they got one of the best coaches in the game right now. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to even come out probably with the same plan that he had in game game one. He's probably going to switch it up to something that throw uh, the Cavs off because, I mean, of course, Brown's going to they're going to double-team him and triple-team him now. So, you know, I think he's going to probably let LeBron get his and stop the other players or something to see how that works or whatever because, uh, yeah, he, he's doing an amazing job coaching those guys. I mean, He, he is doing a great job. I tell, you, I tell you what, though, I'm impressed with Al Horford. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't realize it, but he's been a multi-time All-Star. And you're talking about a guy who won back-to-back NCAA championships. So you're talking about a perennial winner there. And this is – it's just showing up because he's been clutch for them the whole entire playoffs. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely improved his game. I think he's, you know, well, of course he's better than he was at Florida, but he's showing some stuff that he didn't even show at the University of Florida. I mean, now he's an outside shooter. Uh, he posts up. He he's a good passer. Definitely a good defender. I mean, I think you know if you had to pick out of him and Noah back in the days, you would think Noah would have been a better player. But Alfred is definitely proving. That he's a winner and and he's a and he's an all star. Uh, well, the thing he, the thing I I see with Noah is is the other thing that I just don't understand about these big men now. And you know, Tracy McGrady was on the jump last week, and he came up with it because he was talking about Rudy Gobert. He's like, hey mm-hmm. man, how you gonna let a six two point guard guard you and you seven two? You're supposed to take that ball in the post, and it's supposed to be like Shaq say barbecue chicken, but right. One of the guys that's a pet peeve to me in this league is two guys that are pet peeves to me. Kenzie Perkins, DeAndre Jordan. And ironically, they're both from Texas. I mean, I lived in Houston for 15 years, and I watched Kenzie right. Perkins in high school, and he's gotten no better offensively than when he was at Beaumont Ozen. He was a terror mm-hmm. in high school because he was just so much bigger than everybody. But he right. hasn't got he, – he's been in the league double dizzy years. He ain't got no drop step. He ain't got no jump hook. He has no offensive game. And it's the same thing with um with Jordan. What are these dudes doing in the offseason, Curtis? Uh, I think in the offseason, because my, my son's the same way, but my son, he's a slender guy. He's like 6'7", when, like maybe like 200, 205, 210. So he plays like two guard, three guard. But in the offseason, I mean, when I work out with him, they he doesn't want to post up. He, he, they want to run around the perimeter, shoot jumpers, dribble. Uh, I, I think at all levels, they're not teaching kids the fundamental of the drop step, big guys. I think that's why we don't have the big guys in the game anymore. A lot of big guys are playing football now compared to when they were playing basketball. And I think uh, they're not developing players on the low post anymore. Now you got to be like Dirk or you got to be, you know, like uh, AD at, uh, at, at New Orleans, Anthony Davis. I mean, you know, he has post-up games. Now he's more of a stretch five or four also. I think you only have a few big guys that take advantage of their size, like Cousins 
and uh, uh, the, the young kid that played with uh, Minnesota, uh, Towns. Oh, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Those guys are true post guys, but Towns even step out sometimes and, and shoot three. So I don't think he well, helped the well, thing. MB, MB shows some presence in the low post, but even he, because like late in that game uh, that they lost to lose the series, he had a back down where he should just a back down dude, drop step, jump hooked over him. And I don't know what he was doing. He was dribbling too much. It's like, I look at it like this, Kurt. If I'm DeAndre Jordan, I want to be on the floor at the end of the game. All right, right. what I've been doing hasn't been working. So I need to call two people up. I need to call Kareem up, and I need to call Rick Barry up. I call Kareem because I don't have any offense, so I need to learn this jump hook. Okay, I'll talk to some players. They say it's an ugly shot. Well, guess what? Ain't nobody ever block it. He's the leading scorer in college basketball. He's the leading scorer in pro basketball. And in my mind, he's the greatest player to ever play the game. I mean, I know we talk Jordan versus LeBron, but neither one of them can match what Kareem did. I mean, he didn't lose a game in high school. He only lost one in college. They changed the rules for him in college. He was three-time player of the year. He won three three national championships, six world titles with two different teams, six NBA uh, MVPs, 19-time um, NBA All-Star. So you're telling me a guy, a guy like uh, DeAndre Jordan who has no offense, period, can't learn something from this guy? And then if I'm DeAndre Jordan, I call up Rick Barry. I know it looks ugly and it looks looks soft, but Rick Barry shot 90% from the free throw line. I mean, because yeah. obviously he can't shoot overhanded, so you got to try something. But, I mean, it's like these guys don't care. None of them are getting better. And I think I think at some point it's going to start hurting the game from a television standpoint because if all we do is just watch the dude shoot three-pointers, what's the difference between that and the rec league game? True. True. Yeah, if you I got mean, a three-point shooter like Steph Curry or Durant, I mean, right. I mean, you, you, it's not going to be any fun just watching guys run down the court. Uh well, threes all the time, and I think that's what the game is kind of came to. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know what what they were working on season. I just don't think they work on post games anymore. I, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Everybody just you know, I mean, you know, a five before you couldn't bring the ball up the court. Now fives want to dribble the ball up the court. Nobody plays position, so I think you that's ever the have thing, any kids out in that in in the Seattle area that call you and say, hey? Hey, Mr. Kitchen, can you come work me out? Can you show me some low post moves? You just does, does that happen at all? Nobody's calling no, for low uh, post. I moves. mean, uh, all the kids here, everybody, kids want to be Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson, uh, uh, the, the, uh, Murray that played with San Antonio. Uh, you know, all these guys. They just, they just want to, everybody wants to be the crossover king and and uh, you know and just play hoops. I mean, they, you know, they, I think you know a lot of it. You know, AAU is good for the sports, but then AAU basketball is also bad for the sports. I mean, it's good oh, for the kids' horrible. exposure. I think it's horrible. That, they play, that, the bad part is that they play too many games. They wear the kids' bodies out. And by the time they do, if, they, if some of them fortunate enough to make it to the, game, to the league, they're like Brandon Roy that played with, uh, with the uh, Trailblazers. I mean, by the time he got there, he's bone on bone because all the playing oh. year-round and all summers and stuff like that. So... That's that's a good about it, but then the, another bad about AAU is there's no practice. They just play games, 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 games. No fundamentals is taught and everything. And I think right now, you know, the European balls they still teach fundamentals and and different stuff like that. And I think eventually it's going to catch up if we don't go back to fundamentals. Yeah, and and, and the one thing I, I take from uh, AAU ball is that there is no uh, consequence. Guys play games and then. Mm-hmm. When it's over, it's over. It's it's you know it doesn't develop that grit. I mean, a lot of people forget that Michael Jordan hit the game-winning shot in the '82 national championship game to give Dean Smith his first title, and you, you saw the clutch gene at an early age for him, and he just took that and he 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 expanded on it. But all this AAU ball is just everybody's friends and everybody gets a trophy. Mm-hmm. It, I think. It's just watering down the game. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to go hypothetical with Kurt because Kurt has a unique seat. 
He was on a team that lost the Magic's Lakers, which I think that team that he lost to was arguably the greatest team in the history of the sport. But he also was around when Mike was in the league and the Bulls were coming up. And he got a chance to see the Pistons. So I want to talk the 80s, the late 80s, to compared to now, and also maybe with the Shaq, Kobe, Lakers. What team you think is the best team of all time? So we come back, we're going to... We're going to get a little creative with it, a little hypothetical. You know, get, keep, keep the argument going. So on the get down with Hurley Brown, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, family, we're back on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host today, Kelvin Harris, normally your co-host. But I'm holding it down, taking some extra shots this week while Hurley makes Merritt Island Mustangs great again. My co-host on this week's episode is a former Seattle Supersonic Pro in the NBA and a nine-year European League uh, veteran, Curtis Kitchen. Now, Curtis, you were telling me you won some championships over in Europe. Uh, where all were the places that you played and, and, and where'd you win your titles? Well, I played in France for six years and I won a title over there. Um, Three years, and then I played in uh, Belgium and Switzerland and uh, and in uh, Spain. And, uh, what what and team did I, you play on in Spain? College. Go ahead. What team did you play at on Spain? Play play with uh, in Spain, right? In Spain, I played uh, partly uh, with a team in Real Madrid. It was the Real Madrid team, but it was a Spanish team in Real Madrid. Wow! And then uh, and then uh, I played in. Uh, in Belgium, in uh, in Brussels, right outside of Brussels, well, in Waterloo, <laughs> learned a lot of history over there. Yeah, you know, that's, NATO's pretty big over there. And then I played uh, in Switzerland, and then I did play a little bit down in South America and Argentina. I mean, you hit all of the hot countries because I played in the World League for a year and a half, ninety five, ninety six, in Amsterdam. Which, by the way, folks, put that on your bucket list. But one of the teams in the World League back then was Barcelona. And, man, oh, yeah. fine. I got some fine memories of Barcelona. Woo! Yeah. You know, it's like you guys were playing in the World League. I was happy that we had some football over there because we used to have the Sky Network. And all oh, the world yeah, football yeah. teams used to come on. Barcelona, uh, like you said, Amsterdam. And they had a few teams in Germany. 
Well, when I mean, we played I was, London, because I, I was able to see American football again. <laughs> when we when we played London, Shaka Khan took a lot of our guys out and took because she was friends with some of the guys on the London team. She took uh-huh. us out. We hung out with her. I mean, I mean, uh-huh. it was a great experience. And it's like that's the one thing that I think basketball players have over football players. You have the European League, where you can go Correct. and experience other countries, or you know, like you said, mm-hmm. you were, were you in Buenos Series when you were in Argentina. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit all, man, you hit all the good spots. Yeah, yeah. I even played down in Puerto Rico. So, uh, yeah, basketball was a lot of places. Wow. Even in high school, I was on the AU team, and we went down to Panama City and stayed for a whole month. So, basketball has took me all around the world. I even played in uh, Japan with, with, like I was telling you before, uh, World University. World University Games uh, in uh, 85, and we had, what, Billy Thompson and Chuck Person, Ron Harper, all those guys on the team, and we played against Sabonis then when he was a young guy, and uh, we we lost to them in the uh, championship game in uh, 85. Uh, Arvita Sabonis, I really feel like a lot of Americans got cheated in not being able to see him when he was in his prime because by the time he got to Portland, he was older, his knees had given out, but he was still mm-hmm. magical. He just couldn't move. But that youngster oh, no. bonus, woof, Yeah, the youngster bonus, man. I remember the game we played him in the championship game. He, and then he made a statement that game, and, man, after that, the game was totally different. Uh, he went up for a dunk, man, and uh, Billy Thompson, Chuck Person, and Ron Harper, all three of them tried to block his dunk, and he dunked on the whole team. <laughs> and I think he was probably like maybe twenty two, twenty three, and I mean he was a beast, man, a beast. His son has some of his passing ability. You can see some of the semblance, but he ain't nowhere near. No, no, no. What is that? You know, his dad would have been all star, all, all rookie, everything. If they could have got him over early to play, and if he was playing in this era, he would be a monster. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, with that being said. You lost to the 87 Lakers. Mm-hmm. If we put the 87 Lakers up against this current Warriors team in a seven-game series, who would you have? I think I'll have to probably go with the 87 Lakers. And the reason being is that it was more like what you hit on early in the show uh, earlier is that the, the inside. I mean, you got Cap that was going to hit you with the, the – the, they had an inside game with Kareem and worthy, and then they also can run. So if Golden State played defense the way that they play now, they wouldn't have been able to stop Magic in that fast break. And on the other hand, the Lakers would have played defense. So those shots that Durant and Curry's getting, yeah, they would have had defense on them. Well, and, and, and that's the point I always make up when they do the 80s, 90s uh, against the, you know, the, the later 2000s to now teams. Mm-hmm. I'd never say – well, if you were playing in those rules, I say let's take Michael Jordan and the '98 Bulls, '97 Bulls, and put them in today's rules. Now you had a hard mm-hmm. time stopping Jordan then, but imagine if he was playing now when you when you couldn't touch him. I mean, oof, right? And yeah, that they, you know, even back in the '80s, right? They had they had hand checking, so you know, you man, you can hand check a guy and. Uh, and you know, almost control where he you want him to go on offense. And compared to the, today, yeah, you can't even you can't even put your forearm on him or, or nothing. So it would have been, yeah, it would have been those guys, Jordan and Magic and all those guys here. Would have been no way to stop them. And, uh, well, I brought this up today. to someone the other day. One of the things I saw back in the in the in the middle to late '80s and into the early '90s is that everybody had a big seven footer. And the one thing I saw against Kareem is you started seeing bigger physical centers push him off the block. But he was able to make the adjustment, and he could skyhook from like 20 feet out. But imagine if he was playing today when there is no physical center and they can't push him off the block. I mean, how would you stop the Lakers? They could just give it to Kareem every play. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that, man, that skyhook, I mean, the skyhook was just like a jump because Kareem could shoot that. The sky hook, like you were saying earlier, I mean, he can shoot the sky hook 15, 17 feet out. And, I mean, there's no way uh, – I mean, who's going to go and see who's going to be able to guard him? And, you know, and, yeah, it would just – I don't think it – Now, now, I was talking – But I just think the Lakers have advantage. 
Yeah, it would go seven. Now, when I was talking to you earlier, we talked about the team that you had that lost to the Lakers. And now I'm going to take it as a how did you think that team you played on 87 would do today? Because you had, for those of you who don't know, they had the original white chocolate in Tom Chambers. I mean, he was 16. Right. Correct. He could jump. He could shoot. He won a dunk contest. He won an MVP of the All-Star game. Then you had Xavier McDaniel. All you Knicks fans know who that is. Then you had Derek, Mc, well, no, Derek McKee was next year. You had Dale Ellis, who basically – is the is is the original version of Clay Thompson because he was six seven, and he was a sharpshooter, and then uh, the Indiana Pacers coach Nate McMillan was our point guard. So you had six five, six seven in the backcourt, uh, six eight, six ten, and who was the center? Uh, we had Alton Lister. He was like seven seven one. Yeah, two fifty, two sixty yeah, from Arizona State. Got- I and, mean, uh, that's a pretty yeah, nice Lakers, show. man, they, we ran across them. They just blew us away. I mean, I remember one time I got in the game and uh, and had to guard Worthy, man. And, you know, here I am, this kid, you know, from Fort Myers, Florida, and, uh, you know, went to South Florida, a little bigger than what I was in high school and thought I was pretty fast. And, man, that guy took me on the first dribble, boom, boom, dunk. I was like, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> And, you know, that's yeah. when I realized that, you know, man, the NBA is a whole different speed than anything that we, you know, grew up thinking that, uh, you know, we're ready for or whatever. So it took, it took a while well, to get used to it. Yeah. Well, hey, Curtis, I want to thank you for being my my, um, my guest host today. You provided a unique uh, vision because you've been in that situation and you played ball in all these different locations. You're a true professional I want to thank you. You got any social media handles that you uh you 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 you, you know you want to give out to the public? Oh no, I, I, <laughs> a private guy. I get you. We four yeah, miles yeah. guys. We really ain't out there like that. Well, listen. Next week, Hurley's gonna be back. We gonna we gonna have some more guests uh, to talk. Definitely NBA and probably some football too because now we're in the OTAs. So yeah. I want to thank all of my uh, my. My listeners that, that tuned in today, and I also want to thank Curtis Kitchen and my man A-Rod, the producer, all-star himself. So until next week, I, I, like, like I always want to close, it's all about the you. Canes for life, enough said. See you next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.